Welcome to The Compliance Files, brought to you by Compliance Institute. The Compliance Files is a unique podcast series, giving you access to industry insights and key perspectives on how the evolving regulatory landscape is driving change, bringing challenge and opportunity for compliance professionals everywhere. Hello and welcome to The Compliance Files podcast of the Compliance Institute of Ireland. I'm Rob Farrell a member of the Compliance Institute Council and a digital transformation lecturer, trainer, and speaker. It's my great pleasure for me to host today's podcast. Now, the goal of career planning and management is to achieve our career goals and improve our lives. Career management allows us to take control and means that you are the one who decides what you want to do in your professional life. Career management helps us to achieve our professional and personal goals by making proper and timely decisions along the way with confidence. Now, people who have a solid career management program and plan have an edge when it comes to moving on up. They may even have communicated their plan to their organization and they know what to do next. I'm delighted to welcome our guest, Emer Barry. As a psychologist, Emer has been designing and delivering interventions for many years to enable managers to become more authentic and effective leaders. These programs focus on delivering their behavioral and organizational skills, promoting self-awareness, self-confidence, and the ability to deal with diverse work, workforce situations in a compassionate, ethical, and effective manner. Emer also provides programs in psychological well-being to managers, employees, and retirees. Emer holds a degree in psychology, a master's in clinical psychology, a graduate diploma in human resource management, and a graduate diploma in leadership and innovation. Emer is a member of the British Psychological Society, a fellow of the IITD, and a chartered fellow of the CIPD. Emer held a number of learning and development roles in Ireland and the UK, including eight years as head of learning and development with JP Morgan Chase European Mutual Fund Services. During her time with JP Morgan, she was chairperson of the Irish Fund Industry Association's training committee and a member of the Institute of Bankers Funds Faculty Board. Emer is a lecturer with Griffith College, where she lectures on the diploma in leadership. She has also co-authored a book on workplace communication, which was published in 2004. Emer, welcome to today's podcast. Thank you, Rob. Delighted to be here. Well, thanks very much for coming on board. Career management is such an important topic for everyone, no matter what stage of your career you're at, whether you're starting out or whether you're literally at the top of your ladder, everyone wants to be able to kind of manage their career a little bit better. So from your perspective, why does career management matter? You know, Rob, I think in your introduction, you made a great point about it being your career and your life. And that, that, that's so important. Um, and there are people out there and they may be thinking, I've done just fine without any level of career management. And, and that's terrific. That's great. But if they thought about how much better they could do with career management, they can do that well without it. Wow. They can really get what they want with it. Um, just to say, if you're not managing your career, then you're probably relying on either luck or your organization to move you forward. And here's the thing about luck. Uh, luck is really where opportunity meets preparation. 
And, you know, I noticed this like years ago, I started academic lecturing and most of the people on those lectures were sponsored by their organizations already in management positions. But some of them were people who were using their own money because they really wanted to position themselves for a management position in the future. And that level of preparation is really interesting and it shows attention and intention. And very frequently and very quickly after those programs, I would get emails saying, I got that school principal job or I got that team leader job or I got that sergeant job. It was so interesting to see how really it had paid off them putting effort into their career. And the other thing to say about if you're relying on your organization, organizations can be brilliant and really supportive around uh, career management. They can have people like me in to do career management workshops. They can provide career coaching. But to be honest, it's, that's their agenda. And you have to be very clear that when you're managing your own career, it's about what you want to need. And, and lots of organizations may not do this. And also, in reality, it is not their responsibility. No organization is responsible for your career management. They're responsible for your development in the role, but not your career management. So really, it's important that you take this into your own hands. And also by managing, you'll make sure that, you know, if you know where you're going, all the little things you're doing now will be going in the right direction. And so when should someone start and how would they go about it? Okay, and I think there could be people listening to this who are in their 30s and 40s thinking, I still don't want to know, I still don't know what I want to do when I grow up. Um, and that is often because there are many, many things we could do and we could have done. Think about yourself as a child. Often there's lots of things that came into your head that you could have done. Many paths you could have gone down. So that's okay. Uh, and I think when we get into there's only one solution, uh, th that's not helpful. Uh, but what is helpful is saying, right now, I want to manage my way forward. Uh, so, it, and it's, it's not about, you know, success, a linear success necessarily. It's being about, you know, living the life you want to be living. Um, there was a guy called Edgar Schien around in the 60s, and he talked about career anchors. And it's really important to know your career anchors. And they do change over time. But he had these career anchors, and they're kind of like a mixture of uh, what you're good at and what motivates you and your values. And, you know, think about, you know, wh which is yours? I mean, if I go through them now, can, can, you, can you work out which are yours? If I said to you, there's a technical one where what really matters to you is the work itself, get meaty work to do. Or if the management one, where what matters is organizing and managing people. Or there's the one about autonomy that says, listen, what I want is that nobody's in my ear. I, I don't want to be hyper, super micromanaged. Or security, which says, look, I have a mortgage. I have to ensure that this job is stable. It's going to last and it's bringing in the income. Or creativity. What matters to me right now is that I get a chance to design what I'm doing, to, to, to shape the work, maybe to be an entrepreneur. Vocational, I want to give back. I want to give back. That's, I want to feel I'm doing some good. Challenge is about, I don't care. I want other people to go, wow, that's hard. And I want it to be hard. And I want to show I can do it. And lastly, lifestyle is about, look, I don't care what the job is. What I want is that it's three days a week or there's no overtime, or I'm not on call. Right now, that's what matters, matters to me. So you can see why at different times, different things will matter to us. But what's important is knowing what matters to us right now. And the other thing you can do is identify your motivated skills. They're the things that you do well, 
uh, and you enjoy doing them. So think about times in your life when you've been successful, but you've also been enjoying yourself. And that will usually tell you what are, what are the things you like to be doing? What are your motivated skills? And finally, you should have a picture of where you want to go. You should be able to sit back and close your eyes and think in five years time in the long term, where do I want to be? Where do I want to be living? How do I want to be working? What's it going to look like? Am I going to have clients? Am I going to have other people with me? Just really building up a very detailed picture of where you want to be. And so when we're building our career plans, should we have short-term plans, long-term plans, or blend the two in some fashion? Yeah, that's a good question. I think um, it's really important to have your short-term. Your short-term plan is all about you know, what I'm doing right now, how I'm developing my skills, and what the next step might be. Um, your long-term plan is about that. Where, where am I going overall? And if they can be blended, that is wonderful. But certainly the, the, what you're doing in the short term, if you know where you're going in the long term, you can be preparing. So sometimes it may be, look, you can't do it now because it's risk and you can't be taking risks now, but you know in the future, you know, that's something I can do. So you can start collecting the stuff along the way, maybe some skills, some recommendations, some networking, just so that you know where you're going. But the short term is really important also because I think sometimes people uh, wonder why they didn't get that promotion that came true. I remember having a manager on a, on a management program saying, you know, I'm a really good manager and I look after my people and I'm technically expert. And the senior management role came up and I didn't get it. And you're thinking, well, it's really good to be performing in your current job. That's a really good thing to be doing. But the next step is looking for something slightly different. So you have to be developing the skills of a senior management as senior manager in the management role. So skills like, this is what they're going to be asking. This is what they're going to be looking for evidence for. Um, are you able to network? Are you able to influence? Uh, do you know people around the organization? Do I know you? Have you built your profile? Um, so you need to be doing those little things along with your current job because everything, when you look for the next step is evidence-based. And so where would someone go to get support for their career plan? Like what, what are the resources out there for them? Okay. Um, to be honest, I think with anything like support and resources, it's about you and what works for you. With the internet, you can watch a million YouTube videos. You can find all the techniques and skills that you want, um, you know, just on there. Um, Personally, I think the most valuable resource for you is the person who is doing the job you want to do or the person who is living the life you want to live. And they're the people you need to be talking to. And as many of them as you can, you need to be able to pick their brains and say you know, to yourself, look, I want to be a client manager. You know, get in touch, ask them, give me five minutes. I want to talk about this. And because what you're trying to find out from them, apart from how did you get there and what skills, et cetera, you want to find out what do you like about your job? And most importantly, what do you not like? Because jobs can seem so glamorous. And really, there's like, you got to work out actually the 20% glamorous has 80% not so glamorous or things, you know, that aren't my motivated skills. So that's the kind of real quality of information you need. And also, if you find something that's working for you, it will really motivate you. And remember, motivation is so key to driving you forward in your plan. The other thing I'd say is I said that organizations sometimes have career coaching workshops. You know, go to them. If your organization does want, go along to them. 
Um, and one other thing I would say, I have a career planner that I use that looks at, you know, that I designed that looks at the motivated skills and the anchors and actually sitting back and doing your vision, which might help people. And if you want that, just connect with me on LinkedIn and I can send you a copy. You might find that good to kickstart stuff. That sounds fantastic. And in, in the last two years, there's been a lot of changes. We're, we're, we're really living in uncertain times at present. And a lot of people are thinking about changing what they're doing and changing their direction. But what advice would you give for people who are looking to make that big, complete change and where they're going? Oh, uh, my honest answer here is going to be, if you're going to do something like this, you need to do it with great care and great attention to risk. Slowly, step by step. Um, you've got to really understand what you are undertaking. You know, in, in change management, we have this thing called triability. Uh, you know, it, it, change can be most effective if you get an opportunity to try out the change during the process. So anything that you think you want to do, especially if it's an extreme change of direction, you should be trying out uh, in a way that does not impact uh, you in a risky way. So reducing risk at all times, because generally speaking, if they are very different, uh, you're gonna have to make sure it's something that you want and that it's something you're able for. So if you, if you wanna be a novelist, you know, start by you know, doing this in your spare time. And, and you, you don't wanna be, especially nowadays uh, where people really need to have money, cost of living, mortgage, et cetera. I, I'm just really against people taking big risks without, you know, you know, reduce the risk, but, you know, still, you can, you can still have your dreams, but do them slowly uh, and do them in sync with what you're doing right now. That's a really good point that you mentioned about the risk and the trial ability, because, you know, there's a lot of people thinking like they want that change because they've been doing something for a long time, or it, it's maybe static in their lives. And, and, you know, that could be because people are feeling stuck. But from your experience speaking with your clients and people in their careers, what does it look like? What does it feel like to be stuck in your career? I think uh, if you're waking up in the morning and you're thinking, here we go again, and you're thinking it a lot and you're thinking it frequently and it's, you know, you're, you're actually starting to feel like you are going around in a complete circle and not quite able to work out a way forward and maybe even have stopped believing that you will get out of the situation. Uh, so generally people, people who feel stuck say, you know, I, I've kind of lost, I've kind of lost my drive and, and my, my sense that this is gonna end and also a vision of how it's gonna end. Okay, that's, that's really interesting. That kind of sounds a bit glib, doesn't it? You know, you wake up and you're stuck and you feel like not again, it's the Groundhog Day thing. But I mean, when people start a new job, however long or short ago it was, they started off with good intentions. They were very positive. What can, what can lead to someone feeling stuck and getting into that situation? I think it's important to say it's really normal and natural at times in our lives to get stuck. And, you know, it's, it's possibly part of a learning experience. Uh, and it, it can happen for many reasons. Sometimes it's because people are just too long in a row. Some times because it's they're not feeling valued right now they're not feeling valued maybe they were before but maybe they're not now uh, maybe they have lost a sense of hope because they have tried unsuccessfully 
to, to give up. And, and they, you know, they've got into a little bit of learned helplessness. And also maybe they can no longer uh, see, see the solution. So they haven't got a vision of where it's gonna end up. So that, that's really why people start to feel stuck, I think. And I suppose when, when people are in that situation, you know, some people might sit there and, you know, kind of feel a bit of misery or they might have a bit of hopelessness, not, not knowing what to do. Or maybe some people are motivated to change it, but they just don't know what to do next. So if a person is stuck, what steps would you recommend they take to get unstuck? I think it's really natural when you're in this situation to start to feel pessimistic. And you may, in fact, get into a cycle of pessimism. And that's something to really, you know, be mindful of because it is natural. Uh, but we found out an awful lot about the difference between optimism and pessimism. And it's simply the way we explain our situation. So when we're being optimistic, we, we, do, we, we think of situations in three ways. We think objectively, specifically, and uh, transiently about a situation. In other words, objectively, we think this is a situation that happens. It could happen anyone, yeah? Uh, this is just something I'm going through. Whereas if we're being pessimistic, we think subjectively, we think it's me, just typical. Here I am, stuck. This is, this is, this is how I rock. If we're being optimistic, we see it as specific. I'm having a problem with my career. I am stuck in my career many other things in my life are going well. If we're being pessimistic, we allow it to color everything. We go, oh my God, my life, my life is stuck. So, and the third thing is that if we're being optimistic, we see it as transient. We see, you know what, I'm, I'm stuck now. I'll get out of this. This is transient. This will pass. If we're being pessimistic, we think this is never going to end. So how to stop ourselves, I'll just give you a few ideas about how to stop ourselves. Uh, one thing is to write down all the good things that people ever have said about us. Seriously, go back to when you were four. And you know that, that teacher who said, your, your handwriting's pretty good. <laughs> write down everything. And there's a good reason for this. We remember negative stuff. We remember criticism and we can store that in our head. There's a good reason why we re remember negative things. It's because they're a threat and we're programmed to focus on threat, you know? So we do kind of cart around with us a load of negative stuff that if we're being pessimistic, we can start beating ourselves up with. So write down every positive thing you can ever remember people saying about you and keep that front and center. You'll be amazed what you remember. You will be amazed. Um, and that will really help you when you hear yourself saying bad things that you can replace them with, with good things. Um, and the other thing I'd say is writing down all the things that are going well in your life. And, you know, really focus on, you know, maybe really nice, supportive people you've met or uh, family or, you know, the, the, the things that you're enjoying, the things that have been good for you. And maybe everything, you know, remembering the things that you have overcome in the past. You've had challenges and you've been good. You've gotten out of them. So just making sure that you realize this too will pass. I really like that point that you've said about writing down all the positive messages that you've received and all the even all the successes, you know, the achievements you've done, you've gotten that award, you've gotten that project done, you've gotten that positive feedback. And it reminds me of something from Jack Welch's book, Winning, which I read a few years ago. And he talked about someone in the book 
and he said that they had a lot of challenges in their life, but they had this reservoir of positivity, I think is what he called it. And it sounds like what you're describing. And I know from, from speaking with my own career coach in the past, he told me about the importance of gratitude. So I think that if, if we are feeling stuck and if we have gotten into that misery kind of situation or if we're thinking pessimistically, as you mentioned, I completely agree with you that we need to kind of have a self-conversation to say, you're naturally going to feel bad. You're naturally going to think bad thoughts. But as you said, Emer, you know, remember the positive things. Remember that the last challenge you had felt this way, but you still got out of it. And, and so let's imagine, you know, we do have someone who has gotten stuck and they're getting their plan together. They've, they've been thinking about the positivity that you've mentioned. Should they be seeking help or is going it alone good enough? Okay, that's really interesting. Just on, on, on seeking help. I think if you can get support, you know, by talking to other people, by sharing with other people, that is wonderful. Because if you speak with other people, one, you're opening up yourself to support, but you're also opening yourself up to another perspective. Because that's something about getting stuck that, you know, we can lose our creativity, we can lose our perspective. Um, so I, I honestly think that it's important to share our problems. But I would also be very careful about who, who, who we speak with, because I think we know before we even share with somebody how they're going to respond. So it's key to ensure that we're talking with support of Sam rather than negative Nick, who's going to say, yeah, yeah, sure, look where we're going, this organization or this or that, or, you know, support of Sam will say, yeah, how about that? I'm sure you can move forward, you know, and, and, and give you help. Um, but I also think there's things uh, that we, we can do for ourselves to become unstuck, uh, like um, making sure that we're well, that we're getting sleep, that you know, we're getting exercise, um, and that we're out in nature. Because sometimes, again, when we get pessimistic, we can stop doing things we used to enjoy. And the things we used to enjoy bring us, um, you know, uh, bring us the kind of a chance to connect with people, to achieve and to, to, to actually get pleasure. Uh, so I would say, you know, rather than getting overwhelmed, break it down into little things and just do one small thing. So if you're sitting there going, oh, I'm never going to get another job, like a big thing is a, is a job, but, you know, getting a new role or whatever, rather say, right, just for today, if I can't think any bigger than that, let, let's go and look at LinkedIn profiles of people I admire. And that's all I'll do. I'll just look at them and I'll, I'll think about maybe how I'm going to shape my profile or uh, my, my, um, my brand, how, how I'm going to do this. So I think taking baby steps when we're stuck uh, that can move us forward. So instead of looking at the overwhelming thing, breaking it down, doing something very small, because when we change what we're doing, we change what we're feeling. So even though we don't feel like doing it, if we make ourselves do it at that moment, it will give us a chance to change how we're feeling. That's really good advice. The idea of those baby steps, because, you know, as one of my old bosses told me many, many years ago, he said, Rob, how do you eat an elephant? And I looked at him, I said, Liam, I don't eat elephants. <laughs> but he, he said to me, <laughs> I know, <laughs> it was a funny question, but, um, but he said to me, Rob, it's all about bite-sized chunks. Yeah, you you yeah, got to do yeah. those little step-by-step day-by-day, you know, even if it's just, doing one good thing for this hour instead of seeing the next three months worth of work because 
three months of a difficult work is one thing, but an hour, you know, you can kind of get your head around it. But if we're, if we're doing those good things that you've suggested and they're fantastic, I'm sure you've seen people falling into bad habits and bad routines that you've helped in the past. You know, what should we avoid doing when we're trying to help ourselves? I think we should avoid getting caught in a fixed mindset. You know, the, the fixed mindset is the one that says, you know, life is about um, ticking boxes. Uh, whatever we, we got uh, in terms of skills and abilities, that's our lot. Failure is a bad thing. Um, challenge is threatening. We need to refocus into a growth mindset that says, you know what, this is actually a journey. Uh, and that's what we need to be enjoying. The actual journey of getting to the place we want to be is often the most enjoyable. And that we learn so much from challenge and failure. Um, and, and we really do. Most people will tell you they learn more from when they fail. That's, that's a real thing. It's not just something that they're saying. Um, and and the, the, the growth mindset is, is, is not really about um, success and failure. In fact, the lady who came up with the term Carl Dweck said, in universities, they, they should actually have pass and not yet rather than fail. And I think that term not yet is, 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 is where we should look at failure. We're learning. And I hear, I hear uh, parents now saying to their kids after a match, in, instead of win or lose, win or learn. So kind of getting ourselves into that way of we're on a journey and to move forward, we might have to um, if we failed before, we might have to develop some new skills bit by bit, step by step. And that's OK. It's wonderful with attention and intention. You know, it's wonderful. And to be honest, the people learning skills, because you and I, Rob, see people learning skills all the time. They love it. They enjoy it. They get to know new people. So it's no bad thing for I'm thinking of my manager who, who didn't get a senior management job. You know, this is, this is an exciting opportunity to learn about building your profile, to learn about persuasion. You know, you can, you can go on the internet, you can go on a class, you can meet people. And it's that fun stuff, the learning uh, that we should be focusing our minds on. And also just going back to, you know, your gratitude, which is so important, but being your own best coach as well. So that in the morning, you start the day the way you want to continue it by saying good stuff to yourself, like, go you, you're on a journey, we're going to get unstuck, it's going to take us a bit of time, but we're on a journey, we're, we're, we're developing a picture, we're moving on. I think you're right. I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of good information, as you said, on the internet, there's a lot of good tips you've given us, you know, I mean, I know I've taken so many notes in today, in today's podcast, stuff. I'm like, I want to, I want to do that. Um, and, and I suppose, it really is a balancing act, isn't it? Between there's planning, there's management, there's there's a big there's a big importance I'm hearing from you around self-awareness because there's all these tips we can do, but we need to know, are we doing them? Are we doing them right? Are we avoiding them? So do you have any tips for people to, to recognize when maybe they're not being self-aware enough or maybe they're leading themselves in the wrong direction and they just need to steer back on the right path? Oh, that's a really good point, Rob, um, because, uh, yeah, I suppose it harkens back to, you know, when, when I first answered about if you're leaving it up to your organization or if you're leaving it up to luck, uh, you're not really considering yourself in it. And sometimes you can end up in places that, that don't fit you, you know, like you might be a, a person who gets very stressed out by on call, but, you know, your, 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 your new role involves a lot of on call. Um, and, and that's really impacting your personal life and your lifestyle. So 
knowing who you are uh, is, you know, having that emotional intelligence around, you know, what are the things that um, stress you out, managing your mood, uh, managing, you know, just getting to know that and just paying attention. Like there are people who will sit watching, um, and uh, you know, uh, a, a program that is making them really depressed. And you say, you know, why are you doing that? And they say, oh, it's uh, episode six, season 13. And you're thinking, let it go, you know. And it's the same with books, people reading a book that is, you know, not helping their mood. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe it's too close to an experience they've had. And you're saying, don't finish it. Pick up something that's, you know, going to lift your spirits. And they go, oh, no, I've started, so I'll finish. And they're, those kind of core beliefs, they're just things we believe. They're not true or false. So we go around, but can sometimes stop us from, you know, being who we want to be. You know, we can be, you know, so really understanding who you are and knowing your back to your anchors, knowing your anchors right now, what do you need from your role and what might you need in the future as well. So also having a kind of a vision of, of, of who you could be in the future that helps you put the small things in the one direction. So, for example, you know, I would be having people in as consultants and trainers, and I would I would know that one day, not now, but years from now, I would be them. And I needed to talk to them about how to get there. I needed to start in my mind thinking, when I'm there, I will be the product. So I need to make sure I have as many products as possible. I need to network, those kind of things. So it's, it might seem like a vision and far away, but it helps put the things we're doing now to go in the right direction. And lo and behold, years from then, the opportunity arose and I was prepared. And that's luck where, where, where opportunity uh, meets preparation. Back there again. I, I think it's interesting that you mentioned around those kind of self-limiting behaviors around, you know, just sitting there watching the TV for hours on end, particularly maybe even bad TV. Or as a lot of people now are also doing, just sitting on social media for hours and hours. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think if, yeah. even if you have low self-awareness, you, you're probably going to eventually realize, well, I'm spending too much time watching TV. I'm spending too much time watching social. So it's good to kind of get yourself back on track. But it, it also reminds me of something that I, I only found out about recently called optionality. I think it was Jordan Peterson spoke about this. It's, it's where you're trying to do a good thing and you do too much of it. So I've done this many times. If you look at my bookshelf, I have a million books down there and I might spend a lot of my time reading them, but I don't spend enough of my time acting upon the lessons I've learned. And I think that kind of goes back to our conversation around the self-awareness and about the management of the plan. You know, we can put a good plan in place, take a course, read a book, do all these things, but eventually we got to step out of our own brains and actually get in and do it in reality. And that can be a bit of a, a leap for some yeah. people, can't yeah. it? Yeah, I, I think that that is a, that, that's a really important point. It is around um, actually the, the planner has to be, and certainly the planner I have, has to create actions, things that you're going to do and that you're going to review. And simple things even like uh, every six months you should be reviewing your CV and you should be reviewing your LinkedIn profile and you should be saying, where am I going with that? So, you know, it's just, that's just a simple example, but there are many, many actions. So there is no point in, in um, having a, a long-term vision if you haven't gone out and talked to people who have that. So the actions in the career plan have to be very real, very definite, very specific and time-based um, because, you know, there's so much, you know, even in the short term that can be unprepared. I remember in a role I had in London where, um, 
on one day, it was my first job in London, and on one day, 850 people got made redundant, including me and my department. Now, I didn't care. I was young. <laughs> I was mobile. But the impact it had on those people who were, um, you know, had given so much, so committed, so focused, so focused on their current role and on the company. I remember thinking, God, what are they going to do now? I mean, do they even have, when I mean, it, it was before the internet, do they even have a CV ready? I do. <laughs> Bet they don't. Um, and I thought, that's shocking. I will never let myself be like that. So it was a very good lesson for me that through no fault of the organizations, that organizations can let you down. You need to be ready. You need to be always ready. And the worst time, by the way, to, to get up a CV or to do your LinkedIn profile is when you've just lost your job and your self-esteem is low. So even if you're in a job you love, you should be thinking about, you know, what do I look like out there? Have I made the right connections? Have I asked for the recommendations? A much harder thing to do when you have that little, you know, that little self-esteem that gets kicked at, at first when, you, you, you know, something bad happens or you lose your job or you lose that promotion, whatever it is you were going for. So, yeah, it's that be prepared. It is action planning, action, action, action around your career, career uh, plan. That's a really important point that you've made there, that it is our responsibility. Our companies might support us. They might have HR and L&D departments there. But ultimately, you know, we have to take control of our own future. Otherwise, someone else will or it'll just be complete random acts of, of fortune or a misfortune. So I think that's a really great closing point to begin to wrap up the podcast on the importance of actually we own it ourselves. So in today's podcast, we, we looked at the importance of career management. We spoke about changes in direction. We spoke about the balance between long and short term plans. And we spoke at great length about getting stuck and getting unstuck. I suppose before we do kick it off, Emer, what are some of the key takeaways you want to share with the audience today? Um, I think uh, the, the self the self-awareness thing is hugely important. So knowing your career anchors, knowing your motivated skills, sitting back, having a vision, having a, a practice of reviewing where your career is at you know every six months to a year we should be reviewing that um, net, networking with people who are doing the role we think we want to be doing either next or in the future whether it's your short or long term keep well um, and if you get an opportunity, go to a career, go to a career workshop, use all the resources that are available to you. Uh, you know, if you want to copy my career plan, connect in with me. Um, and, um, you know, just uh, I, I think it's like with everything, with attention and intention, it will happen. You know, if you put the effort in, you will get there. But as you say, it's not just about, you know, looking at the resources. It's about taking the actions. That's great, Emer. Thank you so much for sharing your experience and insights on the topic. For our audience today, if you want to learn more about Emer, she's designed a program to help people who are feeling stuck. It's called Becoming Unstuck, and it includes problem solving, innovation, and cognitive behavioral therapy techniques. It's really worth looking at. So thanks today for listening in to the Compliance Files podcast brought to you by the Compliance Institute. I hope that you found today's podcast interesting and useful. We would be very grateful if you would review or rate this podcast. And until the next episode, goodbye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Compliance Files. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you are listening to ensure you don't miss out on future episodes. 